you always just get up there and tell everybody what Jesus has done. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today. But today we've got a different angle. We're going to, I'm going to talk about encouraging yourself in the Lord. Cause that's something we all got to do. I used to do it, um, and didn't know I was doing it when I was newly saved. And so, well, let, let's pray first because I'm just all excited. So, cause God is just so good. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we magnify you and we lift you up. We bless your holy name. And Lord, we come into your presence with thankfulness, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. Father, I just ask you to break open the word of life. Let everybody hear what they need to hear to come up higher in you. And devil, I bind you. I break your power. I take authority over this atmosphere. And I command this atmosphere to fall in line with the word of God. I bind distraction. I take authority over the spirit of sleep. Everybody's inner man will be awake. And they'll leave out of here better than how they walk through that door. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing everybody today. Bringing us all up higher in you. And let us all fall in love with you a lot deeper today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my title is Encourage Yourself in the Lord. Amen. And um, when I was first saved, you know, I was saved in this ministry because I went to a lot of different churches. But when I got saved, I was in actually in this ministry that I got my person. I was saved at a church where I met Pastor Barb and Pastor Shirley. But my intimacy with Jesus came through this ministry and praying in tongues and all that. And I, uh, I, w- I was never afraid of tongues. I heard ministers, like I used to hear Robert Tilden pray in tongues on TV late night. I never thought it was the devil. I knew I didn't have it. I knew it was God, and I always liked the way it sounded. And so when I got in this ministry and got baptized in the Holy Ghost and start, and they, Pastor Barb and Pastor Shirley, they just seemed to know Jesus on like a whole different dimension. It was like he wasn't some fictitious person in the Bible who might answer a prayer or might not. He was right there. I remember Pastor Barr would always say that scripture, Jesus is at hand. He's right here. And that intimacy. And so I remember coming to the meetings and that's when we would maybe play a little Ron Cannoli and we would pray in tongues and build ourselves up. And I remember I used to, because I was all, it was always something going on with me. <laughs> so. Because I was newly saved when I really got to know Pastor Barb. I had just lost my father. And I remember she gave me that the tape, I Saw Heaven by Robert Sleard. And so that's how I was introduced to Robert Sleard and listening to that tape, I Saw Heaven. And when I listened to this, that tape, it like it pulled me out of that grief, that sorrow, that self-pity. And I was like, wow, heaven is real. My father ain't dead. I'm going to see him again. But I would go to the meetings and it was just such a different atmosphere there. And I remember we would just pray in tongues and, and then we would, um, that groaning and that travailing. And I took that home with me. And when I would have issues to come up or if I was burdened or nervous about money, cause I had, when I had little Howard, cause when I started in the ministry, when I met Pastor Barb and Pastor Shirley, I didn't have any kids. And then when the ministry started, well, when I started, when I found out about it, I was pregnant with little Howard. And so then when we started doing what I'm doing, little Howard was on my hip. And so, you know, I'm believing God for money and just different things to be able to stay home and be an at-home mom and wife. So when I had burdens and I had issues and worries, that's what I did at home. I would, you know, because back then they would say, pray till you got a breakthrough. And see, I used to do that at home. I didn't know I was encouraging myself in the Lord. And, you know, just when 
different things. And I, and I didn't realize it either. When I was newly saved, I used to have panic attacks. I didn't know what those were either. I just knew that anxiety would come over me and I would feel like a helplessness. And I remember I would sit and I'd pray in tongues and I would groan like we did at church. And then all of a sudden it would go into a hallelujah. And I can't tell you how long it took. It might have took a couple hours. It might have took, I don't know. But I didn't know I was encouraging myself in the Lord. All I knew was I went in, shriveled up, but I came out feeling like Wonder Woman. And I felt like I could take a nail and bite it off with my teeth. But I didn't know what that was. I just knew that, you know, the, the, you know, when we would listen to the God's generals, you know, cause as we listened to Roberts, I just, they were prayed till they got a breakthrough or that, that peace or everybody had a different expression for it. And we need to get back to that. We need to get back to that. You know, I just, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to talk about nobody's ministry, but we just, we need to, that's the real gospel. That's the real intimacy. That's the power. The power come on your knees. You know, that intimacy. You know, I would hear Pastor Shirley, she would say stuff like, oh, no, uh uh-uh, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to deal with that in the throne room. And I would say, what does that mean? But then when you get intimate, you find out what that means. You get in your word, you pray the word, and you come out. You change, when you're changed on the inside, you know what's going to change on the outside. It was just, it was that in, invincibility on the inside. It was just, so anyway, I'm going to talk about encouraging yourself in the Lord because I know I need to get back to that because we all have them points where we feel stuck. I don't like feeling stuck. And I'm like, why am I feeling stuck? Because you ain't doing nothing to change it. That's why we feel stuck. We're not doing nothing. You know, when that's, uh, scripture talks about uh, the returning to the joy of your salvation. That ain't just getting up, running around the church and laughing and giggling. That ain't got nothing to do with that. The joy of the salvation is when you know who you serve and you know who he's made you. And you know what you don't have to tolerate. That's the joy of your salvation. See, when you start losing the joy of your salvation, you start tolerating stuff. Feeling like you got to live with it. Well, I'm, I'm 50 now. So, you know, no, I'm 50 now and what? I'm stronger. I'm bolder. I used to slay one devil. Now I can take a hundred. I'm 50 and what? I'm going forward. You know, that's what that means. That don't mean my eyes is growing dim and I'm, and my, I'm going to have a pain when I get up. No, I'm bolder. I know who I am. I know what's available to me now. I'm learning. I'm learning how to use all my equipment, like my backpack. I'm learning to use the equipment on the inside of that. I, I'm, I, I'm sure when I bind, it's bound. I'm sure now when I loose, it's loosed. I'm sure now. I'm learning how to use everything he gave me. That's the joy of your salvation. We don't tolerate. We don't tolerate. You know, I had a situation on my job, and I was getting very discouraged. And when I went to work this week, the Lord said, well, when's the last time you bound the devil about this? And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, we got to remember we're warriors. We're not runners. We're not runners. So anyway, let's get started. It says, I wrote to here, why encourage ourselves in the Lord? If we don't, the devil will strip us of everything and try to abort our assignment if we let him. That's if we let him. So the first example I want to talk about is my man, Peter. We ended with Peter, so we're going to start out with Peter this month. <laughs> Peter, the rock. Okay, Acts chapter 3. 
Let's turn to Acts chapter 3, and I'm going to read 1 through 19. And I'm going to give you an example of how Peter encouraged himself in the Lord. Because these things are not just by happenstance. These are examples. This is what we, how we're supposed to live. This is our instruction book. And we're going to talk about boldness with Peter too. So anyway, Acts chapter 3, and I'm going to start reading in verse 1. I'm going to go down to 19. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man was laying from his mother's womb and carried, a certain, a certain, a certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John, about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. I love Peter. He said, look at us, bruh. Do I have your attention? I love it. Oh, verse 5 says that too. (laughs) So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter told him, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. I love Peter. He was a runner. Now he know who he is. Now he's a reigner. He's reigning, knowing who he is in Christ. He said, I ain't got no money for you, bro, because that ain't going to help you. Because, see, tomorrow you're going to need some more money. But what I do have you, what I do have, what I am going to give you will change your life forever. And then you can go out and make your own money and not be sitting here begging. Rise up and walk. And he took, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. I love it. Immediately. Remember Peter used to be a runner, but he got restored. He stayed faithful to God. He's standing in, he's standing in his calling now. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And when they knew that it was, they, I'm sorry, then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate at the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement and wondered what happened to him. Verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed Held on to Peter and John. See, he was holding on because he knew there was something different about them. All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel. I love Peter. (laughs) Don't forget, Jesus asked him, would he be a fisher of men? And so I'm just going to say this real quick and I'm going to read it. A good evangelist knows how to turn every conversation back to Calvary. It's something that has to be practiced. We start little at home. You know, if you're too scared to talk to your, 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 you know, the, the cashier, start at home with your kids. <laughs> you know, you know, get what they, what they say, get, get in your Jerusalem. Everybody want to rent a building and uh, buy a title. You know, you can go online and buy a doctorate. So, you know, um, but anyway, back to Peter. <laughs> That was a side note. So when Peter saw it, saw it, talking about the crowd gathering, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, 
we have made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was delivered, when he was determined to let him go. I love it. Peter said, why are y'all sitting here like we did this miracle? Y'all saw Jesus doing miracles. Remember him? He the one you denied. Pilate was about to let him go, but y'all said, no, kill him. This is how this miracle was done. Peter is like, I ain't got nothing to lose. It's no holes bar. I'm in your face with it. I'm all bold. This is all about Jesus. Jesus did this miracle. Verse 14 says, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which you all witnessed that too. And his and and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. So he's letting them know, look, Jesus did that. The one y'all thought y'all got rid of. He died, but then his dad raised him up, and now he's alive forevermore. He's the one who did this. Peter like, uh-uh, I ain't got nothing to be afraid. I'm going to let y'all know what's going on. This is what's happening right here. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did so your rulers. And trust me, the rulers are listening. So now he calling them ignorant. He says, see, y'all were ignorant, and I know it. I I forgive y'all. Y'all rulers was ignorant, too. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And then Peter goes on to say, this is a good evangelist. Repent, therefore. And be converted that your sins might be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come to you in the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. Okay, I'm going to stop there. But see right here, he t- do I, am I stopping here? Let me see if I'm stopping here. I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm going to stop here because then I'm going to jump over to four. So anyway, Peter laid the law down. He said, yes, this man got healed, but don't be looking at us. Jesus did this. The one y'all crucified, the one y'all denied, the one that Pilate was going to let him go. But y'all said, no, kill him. Give us a murderer. He said, now, see, you did all this, but I know you was ignorant and you're doing it. And your rulers that listened to you. But all of y'all need to repent. Good evangelist. I love Peter. He bold. See, he bold now. He know who he is in Christ. See, he, he died that night when Jesus died. And see, when he rose up, he rose up invincible, bold, full of power, and fearless. Okay, so we're going to jump over to uh, uh, verse chapter 4. I'm all excited, so I'm going to try to slow down so I don't miss nothing. I get excited when I talk about how good God is. And I know what he's doing for me. I can't say what he's done because he's still doing stuff. You know, because... Hey, Monday I was a wreck. Tuesday I was better. Today I feel like, don't get in my face. <laughs> and that's how God, we, we go from glory to glory. Every day we should be bolder in who we are. Okay, uh, chapter 4, let's jump over to chapter 4. And I'm going to start reading in verse uh, 1. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captains of the temple... And the Sadducees came to them, being greatly disturbed, 
that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Because I guess they think, dang, we killed Jesus. Now these they done pop back up and here this is again. This we're we're being confronted with this again. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day. And it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word, they believed. And the number of men came to, then the number of men came to be about 5,000. 5,000. That's being a fisher of men. Jesus asked him, would you, would you feed my sheep? And he told him, yeah. So Peter's standing in it. Verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and the scribes, as well as Ananias, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as those who were the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power, by what name have you done this? Here's Peter. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Now don't forget, a couple of chapters back, they, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. So he got, he got his, he got the real power. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, there he is again, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Now there is salvation here. We, he done went back to salvation again. Now there is salvation now there is salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. Now he tell, now he reading the riot act to the rulers, cause he, you know, he already know y'all can't do nothing to me. Let me let y'all know what's really going on. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, but they marveled and they realized That they have been with Jesus. I love it. And seeing the men who had been healed. Standing with them. They could not say anything against it. Jesus left them all speechless. But when they had commanded them to go aside. Out of the council. They conferred among themselves. Saying what shall we do with these men. For indeed. That a notable miracle. Has been done to them. And it's evident. To all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we can't even deny it. But so it's. But so that it spreads no further. Among the people. Because <laughs> don't forget. They the same ones that said. Now Jesus done rose from the dead. But we're going to tell everybody. That his disciples stole his body. We're going we're gonna to say he really didn't raise up. They just stole the body. So anyway. So they plot still not working. Let us severely threaten them. That from now on. They speak to no one in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them and said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and we have heard. In other words, Peter is like, you can't shut me down. You can't shut me down, bruh. 
I know who I am. I know who I'm serving. And I know he will fight for me. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people. Since since they all glorified God for what they have done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, instead of shrinking back in fear, saying, oh my goodness, we got threatened. All the rulers came together to us and they told us we better not talk about Jesus no more. They didn't do that. They weren't runners. Verse 23, and being let go, they went to their own companions. Stay with people of like faith when you're going through a trial, okay? Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. When you need a miracle, you surround your pe- you surround yourself with people who know that the impossible is possible. You surround yourself with people who who know that there is no plan B. If it's in the word, it's gonna happen. You surround your people. You surround yourself with them kind of people. You don't don't be with the pity people. The oh woe is me. And you know, well, we gotta figure out what God's will is. Get away from them people or you won't get your miracle. Amen. It says, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is, and all that's in them. By who the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nation, the nation rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through us in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Did they shrink back? No. They got amongst the people of like faith. Every every church got the group of crazy-looking, faith-filled people, and then the backbiters and the complainers and the disgruntled. Y'all better get with them people that look a little strange, don't take no for answer. If God said it, he going to do it. Get with them people. Them, them the ones that's going to help you get your miracle. Like Pastor Barb said, them people that make you a little nervous to be around them. You got to kind of, when you want to complain, you want to fix your words up. Well, I better not say it like that. Let me get with them people. That's what, that's what they did. They strengthened themselves in the Lord. They encouraged themselves. They didn't shrink back. They said, Lord, okay, this is what this one little miracle got this kind of reaction. Uh Uh-uh, we're going for the gusto. Give us more boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal us, Lord. Heal us. What do you mean by that? The little bit of fear and insecurity that I got on the inside of me, even take that out. Give me more boldness. Help me to be more fearless. Help me to do everything that you called me to do. And that's the same prayer we got to pray. I said, uh, okay, so let me read what I wrote down. When the enemy sees us advancing in God's And spreading the gospel, he wants to paralyze us through fear, discouragement, and threats. Peter and John went back to their own company of believers. 
and encouraged themselves in the Lord. Peter was a fisher of man and he turned every opportunity that he that he opened his he turned every I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> he turned every opportunity that he every every opportunity when he opened his mouth to people have an opportunity to be saved. In the face of threatening, Peter, John, and the other apostles encouraged themselves in the Lord and came out bold, unshakable, and determined to obey God. In every situation we find ourselves in, that's the way we're supposed to come out. Bold, determined, unshakable. If you come out of your trial weak and confused and angry, you need to get back in your word. You need to go back to your foundation. Get in your room. Cut that TV off. Pastor Shirley told us years ago, suck carpet. Y'all know what that means. Get on your face. Get on your face. You repent of everything. Lord, I, even if I didn't do it, I thought about doing it. Lord, I'm sorry. You repent. You get on your face. You don't go to God with your credits. You go to him with everything you've done wrong. And thank him for his mercy. Whatever you got to do. God is called godly sorrow. Not sorry you got caught or I'm sorry because I needed to get me out this pension. No, I'm sorry because I need to change. I need a miracle. So if your, your trial don't make you come out looking like superwoman, then you need to get back in the phone booth and you need to get back with God and you need to tighten it up. Amen. Verse 33, it says, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. See, as we obey God and we encourage ourselves in the Lord, there's great grace that comes upon us. We have favor with men. When you're called to be a fisher of men and when you're called to advance God's kingdom and to preach the gospel, there's favor. And you'll know you'll, the, the door will be open. Maybe you won't take them all the way down the Roman road, but the seed gets planted. They'll never forget it. They'll say, wow, I met somebody today. When I finished talking to her, I, I felt I was so encouraged. I felt like my life was going to get better. She talked about Jesus. And see, that's what I used to, I was newly saved. And that's what I used to say when I came to this ministry. I said, dang, when they be praying, they be praying like God, like really hear them. Because I didn't know he did. You know, I was Catholic. We prayed to Mary. And then I'm... <laughs> I remember I went to a job interview and I was sitting in my car and I kept my rosary around my, um, my rear view mirror. And I was, I remember I had my hand on my bead rosaries. I prayed to our father. I went to the next bead. I prayed to Hail Mary because I just didn't know. I knew I needed a breakthrough. So I was just, I said, well, I'm going to hit them all. Somebody got to hear me. <laughs> Did I get that job? No. <laughs> Hey, I'm just, this is, hey, this is Nola Darlene. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't get that job. I, I did that for a lot of things and them prayers didn't get answered. <laughs> so anyway, so let's talk about our brother Daniel. Daniel encouraged himself in the Lord and it saved his life and promoted the God that he served. So Daniel chapter six, we're talking about encouraging ourselves in the Lord. Because like I said, we all got them, we crying, don't know why, discouraged, don't know why. But we can always 
encourage ourselves in the Lord. Cry out. Cry out. Okay, so we're going to go to Daniel chapter 6. So Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to start reading in verse 3, and I'm going to stop at 28. Okay. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent sphere was found in him. I like that. Remember when you used to pray that? Yep. Excellent sphere. So declare this over yourself. I got favor. There's an excellent spirit within me. If God has called on me to do something, I'm the one, I'm fit for the job. Because there's an excellent spirit inside of me. I can do this. I can do this. Why? Because God is with me. The king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel. Because see, when God's hand is on you, Everybody see it, including the devil. So the governors and satraps sought to find charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not find no charge because he was faithful. Nor was there any error found, any error or fault found in him. Amen. So don't let the devil sit up and, and beat you down and fault find you. You t- I don't care if you screwed up everything the day before. You fall on your face and you ask for forgiveness and then you turn around and tell the devil, no, there's an excellent spirit inside of me and I am forgiven and Jesus' blood has washed me free. Don't sit up and listen to the devil tell you all day long what you don't have and who you ain't and what you can't have. Don't do that. Guard your heart with all diligence. How do you guard your heart? Guard what you're meditating and thinking about. Because, see, we do more damage to ourselves than other people. So just... We got to, all of us, we, we just need to tighten it up. We got to know who we are in Christ. We got to start back encouraging ourselves in the Lord. We are not failures. Amen. We are not failures. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said to, said, Thus to him, King Darius lived forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, the advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of the lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open, Daniel wasn't running. Towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God, as well, as was his custom since the early days. Some versions of this says that he prayed and gave supplication. Now he prayed, gave supplication. Some different Bible says that some, some Bible say the supplication is not just thanksgiving, but it's also a request. 
And see, I believe Daniel went to his house and he encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, Lord, I love you. I'm not going to deny you, but I need you to help me because there has been a law enforced. And I, my life has been threatened because I'm not going to stop serving you. I've been, I, my life is being threat, threatened with going to the lion's den, but I believe you're bigger. You've never failed me. You've put an excellent spirit inside of me. So, Lord, I'm asking you to help me. Supplication is asking for help. Supplication, encouraging yourself in the Lord, thanksgiving, they all run together. They all run together. And the Bible says that Daniel did this three times a day. And he wasn't hiding. He wasn't in the closet when he did it. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Now have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within dirty, 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, This thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who was one of the captives from, captives from Judah, he does not do regard to you. In other words, he disrespecting you. He ain't giving you your props, king. Or the decree that you sign. But he makes petitions three times a day. Now they sitting there watching Daniel, watching him how many times a day he pray. <laughs> and see, the thing about it, Daniel knew a trap or a snare had been laid for him. But he didn't run. He stayed bold in the face, knowing that his adversaries are watching him. He didn't run. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And when the king heard these words, he was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel. See, the heart of the king is in God's hand. When you encourage yourself in the Lord, there's great favor and grace that comes on your life. And see, God owned the king's heart. So although he has set this, this law in motion, God owned his heart and he didn't want to harm Daniel. Because great favor, God, I don't understand God's favor. I know it's real. I know it's available. And I know it's undeniable. The, these men approached the king and said to the king, no, O king. And see, they knew that the king had, you know, he, they knew that the king favored Daniel. So now they're going to blackmail the king. No, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians and no decree. Or statue which the king establishes can be changed. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel, I love this. Your God whom you serve continually, Daniel, he will deliver you. How did he know he served him continually? Because Daniel was bold in his faith. He didn't hide who he was. He did. He never denied Jesus. Well, you know, at this time, God, the God that he served, he never, he was bold in his, he was bold in his love towards the Lord. And everybody knew he served him and worshiped him openly. Then a stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the sickness of the Lord. And the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. So this, this unbeliever is sitting up fasting for Daniel. And no musicians were bought, were brought before him. Also sleep went from him. So he up all night fasting. 
all night long so that's what it means when it says the heart of the king is in your hand see that's why you can't get in self-pity and say people don't treat me right you be right before god and he'll make sure people treat you right you be right that's why that scripture says when your ways please the lord i'll make your enemies be at peace with you 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 please god you treat people right the golden rule Treat people, what's it, uh, what, Matthew 7, 12 or Mark 7, 12. That's the golden rule of truth. People, the way you want to be treated. And see, I'm going to tell y'all a secret. I mean, some of y'all may know, some of y'all may not. Mary Kay Ash, that has established the billion-dollar ministry, Mary Kay, this is the foundation for that business. That's the golden rule. Her great-grandchildren run her company now, and they still give that scripture out. She's been dead almost 40 years now. Billion dollar company. Her company. She's everywhere. I met women that didn't even speak English when I went to them seminars. Because she heard that. She stood on that scripture. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And so you don't have to worry. And see the heart of the king is in God's hand. Long as you treat You forgive. It's always in our lap. You forgive. You treat people the way you want to be treated. God will deal with your enemies. So the king was up all night long. So ain't no, ain't no, so don't, well, ain't nobody going to come to me no way. But all this, people don't treat me right. How you living? (laughs) How you living? You know. Then the king arose very early in the morning. See, he couldn't sleep, so he couldn't wait to haul tail over there. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice, Daniel. The king spoke saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God. See, he even know, he even got a deeper revelation. He said, Daniel served the living God because that living God kept me up all night dealing with me saying, I better change this decree or, or it won't be good for me. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel, the man with the excellent spirit said, Oh, king live forever. Ha! My, my God sent an angel and shut the lion's mouth. And see, he does that for us. He shut the mouths of the lions. Can't nobody keep you from going through a door that God opens for you. Ain't no man standing in your way. Ain't nobody in charge of your success and your prosperity. See, I'm black. I'm, well, I'm African American. I don't know what the common, what I'm supposed to call myself. But see, I, I can say this. Because I'm black, I can't, I, ain't no man holding me down. Ain't no door shut because I'm black. Or African American or whatever or whatever. Colored. <laughs> God opens doors that no man can close. I love it. So anyway, I'm going to read it again. And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they could not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. Why was he found innocent? Because he always encouraged himself in the Lord. Was Daniel perfect? No, because the Bible says no man is perfect. But I bet you one thing, them three times a day that he was before God in his presence, he was repenting, asking for mercy. Lord, show me how to do this in an excellent way. Show me how to forgive. Show me how to treat people. Don't forget, Daniel knew they were plotting against him. But you never see where it says Daniel confronted them. You never see where it says Daniel ran to the king and said, you know, they're trying to set me up for failure. They're trying to kill me. They were trying to kill him. But look how he handled it. He went to the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, I was found innocent before him. Why? Because he had a right heart. 
a repentant heart. Like I said, we don't ever go to God with our credits. Go to uh, go to God with Lord. I I I done. I did it again. Oops, I did it again. That's how we go to God. And also, O King, I have not. I have done no wrong before you, and that's what I like. I I didn't do you wrong, Lord King. Uh, uh, wait a minute. I did not do you wrong, King. I didn't disrespect you. And see, the King knows that. See, the decree was you make no petitions to no God other than the king daniel said i didn't disrespect you i love god and that's who my homage goes to but the king knew that because he'd been up all night because he said wait a minute daniel served the living god i can't do nothing for daniel i better get the change of some laws to protect him he serves the real god now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that he should that they should take daniel up out of the den so daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found in him because he believed in his god he encouraged himself in the lord when you find yourself in a hard place encourage yourself in the lord i don't care if you got yourself in a hard place if somebody set you up and got you in a hard place or if just life happens because sometimes it ain't nobody life just happens and you find yourself in a hard place and the king gave the then the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children and their wives. You know why? You got to cut that bloodline off because if wickedness is in the heart of the father, it's in the wife and it's in the children. So you got to cut the neck off of that thing so it don't rise up in another area. And it overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Before they ever came to the bottom of the den. So as they were coming down, them lions left up and got them in midair. Then King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and languages that dwell in the earth. So he wrote to everybody. No matter what you speak, no matter what color you are. He wrote to everybody. And he said, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of the kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one that shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. I love this. This is a, this is the revelation that he got that night when he couldn't sleep when Daniel was in that lion's den. He got, Daniel didn't tell him that the king got this revelation. Verse 27, he delivers and he rescues. He works signs and he works wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus and Persian. All this happened for Daniel because why? He encouraged himself in the Lord. He could have been bitter. He could have been angry. But he took it to the Lord. In the face of persecution, Daniel didn't vow to fear and stop obeying God. He prayed and he gave thanks. Some translation says that making supplication is pleading for help and giving thanks. And I think Daniel did all of that. Daniel knew a snare had been laid for him. But Daniel also knew the greatness of his God. The results of Daniel's encouraging himself in the Lord caused extreme miracles and an unshakable peace. Can you imagine sitting there watching these lions? Unshakable peace. 
But at the same time, look over here and you see this fire, this angel, whether it's Jesus or an angel, but this, this fire standing there holding the mouths of the lion saying, no, you won't harm him. Y'all have peace. Sit down. Go to sleep. Just, I just love it. Just, un- we have an undeniable God. He had extreme miracles. Daniel had unshakable peace. Encouraging himself in the Lord calls him to have divine favor with God, man, and beast. Encouraging himself in the Lord gave him supernatural protection. See, all this is wrapped up in when we encourage ourselves in the Lord. And that's just not for us. That's for our household. Our kids got supernatural protection. Number four, it caused an entire kingdom to worship and serve Daniel's God. And then not only that, Daniel got promoted. Don't forget, the Bible says that promotion don't come from the north, south, east, or west. It comes from God. He said, I'm the one that raises up one and sits another down. So you don't, don't get jealous when you see somebody kissing up to the boss. I'm all for giving respect and honor. Cause even if you have a boss that's not saved, the Bible says that we should do them even better so that they can see the love, life of Christ on the inside of us. But at the same time, when you want promotion, you encourage yourself in the Lord. Cause that's where it's coming from. Cause see the same supervisor that treated you wrong and didn't want you to prosper, they'll get the pink slip. And at the same time, the Lord of Speak to the, their boss. Keep them up all night like they did King Dares and said it's something different on the inside of that one. That's her, that's her job. That's her position. That's his position. So remember promotion comes from God. And if you in a job and look like you ain't got no money, they, they, they don't have any money, you ask the Lord, I need more money. Send them new business. Send them something. You said you bless, you'd bless those that bless me. We're never stuck, y'all. We're never stuck. Remember Shannon said, same job. <laughs> same job. And see, this is another thing. Daniel never turned on God. Even when he made mistakes and was confronted with his sins and shortcomings, he owned, wait, see, did this Daniel? Oh, wait a minute. Girl, wait a minute. Let me finish. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about David. Yeah, we're going to talk about David next. I like David too. I like David. That he's the only one. The Bible says a man after God's own heart. You know, you can get folks to say, oh wow, Daniel did this. He was an adulterer, murderer. He did this. Da, 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 da. But you know what? David came out on top. He came out on top. David never turned on God. That's what, okay, that's what he, and he went through a lot of stuff, y'all. Think about it. There's a rumor going around. The prophet is coming. And he's coming to somebody's household. And whoever household he shows up at, you know it's going to be a blessing. And then uh, and then Jesse sees that the prophet is coming to his house and he has this great feast. And uh Jesse tells all his sons to clean up, take a shower, put on your best because the prophet is coming. But he didn't tell David. David was out being obedient to his dad. Taking care of his sheep, singing to God, sweet psalmist of Israel, playing his harp, being obedient, protecting the flock. He didn't get angry with God. He didn't feel rejected. 
I mean, if he did, the Bible didn't say he did. <laughs> David, when he messed up, he owned up to it. He always stayed repentant. And David always remained faithful. Mistakes did he make? A whole lot of them. That's why I like David. He, you know, I, I can relate. I can relate. During, I, I wrote this, do this during our time of mess up and encouraging yourselves in the Lord. Stay faithful to God. Don't blame him. Don't blame God. It's easy to do. Why me? Or God, why you let this happen? Don't do it. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Isaiah 43, 25 and 6 says, this is, oh, this is what I was saying, do this. Isaiah 43, verse 25 and 6. Oh, okay, I need to read it. I thought I wrote the scripture down. Are y'all getting encouraged? Good. Uh, yeah, Isaiah 43, verse 25 and 26. You know, the gospel is simple, but we can make it hard. <laughs> Isaiah 43, verse 25 and 26. It says, I even I am he who blots your, out your transgression for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case. That you might be acquitted. This is what we need to do. Like on a daily. This is how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Go to God guilty. And not with excuses. It's so easy for us to make excuses. You know in the beginning of this ministry. I know Pastor Bar would always use the fig, the fig leaves. As an example of how. Uh, they, the Adam and Eve covered themselves. Instead of coming clean. They had the fig leaves. You know, they was blaming it. She, she made me do it. He made me do it. The fig leaves. Just go guilty. Don't go to God with excuses. Plead your case. Put God a remembrance of his word. And this is how you need to go to God. Every day. Or whenever you get in that tight. No, God. And when and it says, I want to, because I, I, I know where I was going with this, but I didn't write it down. When the Bible says, put God in remembrance. It's not because God forgot. You need to remember what he said. I, I wrote, no, God didn't forget what he said. But that's how we encourage ourselves by saying, reminding ourselves about God's mercy and his forgiveness. Remind God of the gifts and callings that he placed in your life. You know, there's a scripture that says that the gift and callings are without repentance. And see, some, you know, I've been there. Or you go to God and say, Lord, you know, I feel like I've messed up everything. But you said that the gifting and the callings of God are without repentance. Lord, don't uncall me. I still want to serve you. Have mercy on me. I'm guilty. I did it all. I even done some stuff that I remember that I did. But Lord, you promised me that you would never leave me nor forsake me. You said if I come to you that you'd forgive me, God. And you wouldn't throw my sin in my face. That's putting him in remembrance. That's pleading your case. Don't ever get too haughty with God that you feel like you got to go to him. With you, We're not entitled. Only thing we're entitled to is death. But Jesus Christ's blood 
he annihilated that. That's the only entitlement we have now is salvation and being the fact that he has bestowed gifts on us. We've been adopted into his family. You, you tell God, I mean, if you've never been to hard place, just write this down and tell somebody else to tell, say this then. God, you can't uncall me. I want to work for you. You can't turn your back on me. You promised me you'd never leave me. You told me that you'd never turn me away. You told me I was the apple of your eye. Help me, please. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Help me, please. I am a mess. Help me, please. Have mercy on me. You say, I'm a virtuous woman. Lord, I'm still believing God for a husband. Yeah, I've messed up. Might even have a few kids. I'm still a virtuous woman because your blood has set me free. I'm dependent on your word. I want a wife. I'm a man of valor. I'm a man of faith. You said if I come to you, you would, you said you perfect those things that concern me. Help me, please. Plead your case. Be guilty. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't care about it. See, you have to not care about what others think about you. You got to care about what God, what God calls you. God calls you a virtuous woman. A handmaiden of the Lord. A chosen priesthood. A, you know, royal generation. Lord, I know I don't act like royalty all the time. I act like baby's mama, baby's sister. But Lord, I'm sorry. Teach me how to be a woman of God. Teach me how to be virtuous. Put a guard over my mouth. Teach me how to forgive. I'm crying out to you. I need some help. I mess up. I get short. I get sharp. Then I want to pout. Then I want to go into self-pity. Then I want to retaliate. Help me, please. That's how you, that's how you plead your case. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. He knows these things, but you, we need to confess it. And then we need to put our set, we need to put, we need to, that communication. Put your, when God says, come to me, let us contend together. Put me in remembrance. Let me know you know what's available to you. I know what I got for you, but let me know that you know it. Psalms 138, uh, okay, now before I go to Psalms 138, the Lord that gave me the example of Ezekiel, he said, this is what he did. So let's go to Ezekiel, Second Kings, and um, chapter twenty. I, I like encouraging myself in the Lord, because see, it's easy to come into church and put on your bling and put on your dress and smile, but then feel bankrupt on the inside. Who wants to live like that? You know, we may start out like that, but that that ain't gonna be our future. Be clean on the inside out. Second Kings 20, I'm going to read uh, verse 1 through 5. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember me now, O Lord. This is him crying out. Remember me. Hey, God, help me. I walk before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And he wept bitterly. And the Lord let me know that wept bitterly. 
That was that repentance. Obviously, I failed you. I'm sorry. Help, have mercy on me. Help me. Give me a second chance. I have done probably 5% of what you called me to do, but have mercy on me. I'm going to get it right. Please show me. Help me. Verse 4. And it happened before Isaiah had gone to the middle of the court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. See, Hezekiah was a leader. And obviously somewhere he failed. Thus says the Lord God of Daniel, I'm sorry, David, your father, I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. Amen. He cried out to the Lord. He didn't go to God and say, I'm your man, God. I do this right. I do that right. I mean, he told him, he said, well, he let him know, hey, Lord, I've been loyal to you. But at the same time, I need some help. I need some mercy. Don't let Don get naked. Naked and not ashamed. This, this is how you really encourage yourself in the Lord. Cause I know sometimes you think encourage yourself. Let me get my Ron Cannoli or my, let me get my William McDowell and I'll sit down. Yeah, all that's wonderful, but come clean. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Psalms 138 and 3 says, in the day when I cried out, you answered me. And you made me bold with strength in my soul. See, it's something about getting naked before God and crying out. You come out invincible. Because there's nothing standing between you and the Lord. You laid it all out. See, the devil, he ain't got, he, he can't accuse you because you done told it already. That's how you can come out bold. And the devil be like, dang, she done confessed that. What can I hold over her head now? Nothing. <laughs> That's why you come out bold and invincible, knowing your prayer is going to get answered. No pity parties. That's self, that's, that's, when you have a pity party, that's self-exaltation. That will destroy you. You better stand up and, and you better stand up like God told Job. You get up and you array yourself like a man. You take a shower, get some clothes on, then you come talk to me. You, you, you come to me and give me my props. Don't come to me with this self-pity. And see, see, when you in self-pity, your your problems is bigger than anything. And in the back of your mind, in the back of that self-pity, you're mad at God. Because he ain't moving fast enough. And so God is saying, you better get up. Array yourself like a man. Array yourself like a woman. Get up. Put some, Take a shower. Put on some makeup, some perfume, comb your hair, buy a wig, do something. Get yourself together and come to me like you got some sense. Because I, my son died for you. He shed his blood for you, not to you to be looking like this and acting like this. You are royalty. Stand up and live like I want you to live. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Psalms 42, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. It says, why are you in despair, oh my soul? Cause see, that's, that's, is all this is coming from our heart. Why have you become restless and disgusted within me? I think that's disgusted. I read that out to Amplified. I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> Hope in God's word expectantly and expectantly for him and in Hope in God's word expectantly (laughs) for you shall praise him. He is the help of your countenance and your God. 
So this is the psalmist. He said, why? He said he had a conversation with himself. He said, soul, why are you cast down? Why are you like this? Look at everything that God has done for you. Why are you in this situation? Why are you in this wrong mindset? Why are you not believing God? Why are you in self-pity? Why are you angry? Why aren't you waiting expectantly for the Lord? Why aren't you looking for your miracle? Why have you given up? Why have you given up? Okay, so now, how am I doing on time? I got one last example. Yay, okay. Let's go to David. 1 Samuel 30. And I'm almost done. Talking about encouraging yourself in the Lord. Crying out. It'll change your life. Okay, we all know the story of David at Ziklag. So David, when they were gone from Ziklag, they were actually, he was actually over with King Achish and he was fighting with him and he was like his armor bearer, his right hand man. So, you know, David started out as a warrior, you know, obedient to his dad. And then, uh, he went, he was obeying his dad, took his brother some lunch one day and heard Goliath taunting and taunting his brothers and the rest of the Israelites. And there was a holy indignation that came up inside of David saying, who is this talking about God like this? My God, the God I worship, the God I serve. Why are they letting him talk about God like this? Why aren't they defending him? Why are they running from him? So anyway, David knew who he was. He remembered everything that he had done to protect his dad's flock. And he knew the same God that gave him the boldness to kill a lion and a bear. He could take down Goliath. He knew that. But somewhere along the road, David got discouraged. Running from Saul. Disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Not encouraging himself in the Lord. David went from being a warrior to being a runner. Now he running with the Philistines. He running with the pack of folks that Goliath stood with. And one of the Philistine kings saw David and his men. And he was like, wait a minute. Is that David? He fighting with us against Saul? He was like, uh-uh, get rid of him. Because he, he, that's bad when somebody else has more faith in your God than you do. He said, get rid of him. Because he said, you know what? This is Nola Darlene's version. We're going to be in the midst of battle and all of a sudden David going to remember who he is. We're going to be in the midst of battle and all of a sudden those songs that he used to sing to God going to come up out of him. And he's going to remember his God. And he's going to turn on us. And he's going to catch us on our our blind side and he's going to destroy all of us. Get rid of him. I don't trust him. Because he did something about David. Something about David. Uh Uh-uh, get rid of him. He is not going to turn on his God. Not for long. So the king Achish told him, he said, David, you can't fight with us. You and your men go home. And so when David got home, that's when they found everything gone, city burnt down. He was confronted with reality. And the men that he was fighting with, now they turning on David. So in other words, all hell broke loose. I don't have no house. I don't have no wife. I don't have no kids. I don't have no food. I don't have a bed to lay my head on. I have nothing. 
So anyway, we'll talk, we'll, we'll go six, cause y'all know the story. It says, uh, I'll start in six. It says, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people were great, were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. I love it. David remembered who he was. Just like that other Philistine leader said he would. He said, uh-uh, get rid of David because he going to remember who he is. <laughs> and sure enough, when he got back to Ziklag, like the prodigal son, David came to himself. He strengthened himself in the Lord. He was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I done stepped off. I need to get back with God. I need to get back with the God that stood with me when I slew the lion and the bear when they came after my father's flock. I need to get back to the God that stood with me and helped me take off Goliath's head. I need to get back to that God. I am, I am out of position. And he went to God and he encouraged himself in the Lord. And trust me, he didn't go to God with all of his accomplishments. He went to God with, I done messed up. I need some help. Please help me. I'm chasing after your heart, God. I've wrote songs for you. I love you. I have missed it. I've messed up. I've been running. I forgot that I was a warrior. I forgot who you created me to be. I have lost myself. Help me, please. What do I do? Will I get it all back? Or do I just have to settle? But see, when he encouraged himself with the Lord, and I love it because it says that he, uh, this, this, in this, it talks about him weeping bitterly. But it says, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. But he strengthened, he strengthened himself in the Lord. It's, it's, it's one of the translations that I read. But anyway, David remembered who he was. He encouraged himself in the Lord. The Lord told him, pursue. What mercy. What mercy. Did God say, David, you know what? You done messed up. You're going to get half of it back. But I ain't going to give it to you all. Because you need to learn from this mistake. <laughs> yeah, you ain't supposed to have them two wives. You over there fighting with people that don't like me. You ain't going to get it all back, David. But I'm going to help you a little bit. No, nope, God didn't say that. He, David said, Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, you will recover all. Recover all. I just love it. Verse 17, it says, then David attacked them from twilight until evening. Oh, boy. He remembered who he was. David said, I am not a runner. I am a warrior. I am a warrior. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except the 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. Because I can't even imagine. They sitting up dancing and drinking. All of a sudden in the distance, they see David and his men coming. They hauled tail out of there. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, small or great, son or daughter, neither spoil. All that was taken from David, David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks, and he took their flocks that had driven before them, and the livestock. And then David said, this is my spoil. 
See, when you encourage yourself in the Lord, you not only give back what the enemy has stolen, but then you get exceeding and abundant beyond all you can ask or think. You get that sevenfold return. Double for your shame. You get it all. You get it all. You get your prominence back. You get your reputation back. Think about all. Think about this. And think about that king that told Achish, I told you David was going to come to himself. I told you he was going to come to himself. There's something different about him. He loves God. I told you he was going to come to himself. Stay away from him because he done went back. He done got back everything they stole from him. We've got to stay away from David because he's a warrior. See, his rep- he got his reputation back. Two chapters later, he was crowned king. He got the, and he inherited the throne that God had already promised him when the prophet Samuel anointed him when he was a young kid. He got everything. God didn't withhold anything from him. Why? Because he encouraged himself in the Lord. It's powerful. So I just came here to say, encourage yourself in the Lord. David remembered who he was. He was no longer a runner, but he was a warrior. Mighty in battle. Mighty in battle. And then king. And when Jesus decided to come back to earth to save us, he came through the lineage of David. And he and God made David so many promises. So faithful. Did David mess up? A whole lot. Do we mess up? A whole lot. Has God changed his mind about us? No. Encourage yourself in the Lord. When we mess up, or you mess up, or I mess up, this this is for me. I mean, this was this is for me. Run to God. Don't run away from him. Own up to own up to your stuff. Encourage yourself in the Lord. He knows who we are anyway. Amen. Let's give. I'm done. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Pursue. Get it all back. Get it all back. Like Hezekiah said, Lord, I've been a loyal servant. Faults, a lot of them. Messed up, a lot of them. Help me, Lord. And before the prophet got to the end of the driveway, he said, go back. Tell him I heard his prayers. I seen his tears. Ain't nothing wrong with tears, y'all. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Get it all back. Those that's, and it's the same thing with that, with uh, last month when Pastor Barb said, God is still waiting on y'all to say yes. Say yes. Say, let him know, yeah. I'm insecure. Don't know if I could do things right. I don't do this like her. I don't do this. Do you and obey God. Do you and obey God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you. We lift you up and we bless you. We magnify your holy name. Lord, we thank you that you are so merciful, so faithful. We thank you, Lord, that nothing is withheld from us. We thank you that when we come to you, Lord, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we thank you that we can stand clean and justified and redeemed in your presence. No other place we'd rather be than in your presence, in your safety net. Lord, we want to serve you. We want to obey you. 
everything, every assignment that's on our paper, Lord, we want to do it for you, Lord. We want to do it boldly. We want to do it proud. We love you, Lord. We honor you and we lift you up. It's a privilege to be washed in your blood and called by your name. We thank you, Lord, and we honor you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Let's make this declaration. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me, and she can't get me, and she can't touch me or my family. We thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.